Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. A retired U.S. Lieutenant Colonel, Kevin Randall has been studying UFOs for nearly 50 years. Kevin has investigated some of the most famous UFO cases in the world and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries about UFOs. Considered one of the leading experts into the Roswell UFO crash of 1947, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs, including the recently published Roswell in the 21st century. Now, here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. I am still in Roswell. I'm sitting high atop the International UFO Museum, and Research Center in downtown Roswell, which means I'm in a room on the first floor without a window. Stuck here with Alexandria Rojas, who is the guest. He is, uh, well, I'm going to let him tell you what he is because it would be just easier. Antonio Rojas, welcome to A Different Perspective. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am Alejandro Rojas, and I am a journalist. I write about um, space and uh, sci-fi and but I also write a lot about, and mostly about, UFOs. So my material can be seen on Huffington Post, Den of Geek, and of course at our website, openminds.tv. Uh, so your main interest is UFOs. For sure. And you're a U UFO investigator. Right, yeah. I've, I've actually been a field investigator with MUFON. I was their spokesperson for a period of time. Um, yeah. So you're here in Roswell. Yeah. What do you think of the Roswell case? The Roswell case. I think it's really interesting. Uh, of course, I'm a fan of your work. And when I point to people, and, and hopefully other people in this building don't hear this interview, but uh, uh, <laughs> when people ask about Roswell, I point them towards your work because I think it's very honest. And uh, I found your book, uh, you know, Roswell for the 21st Century, to be very interesting. And I think, you know, uh, uh, the most accurate portrayal of where that research is. Um, even though I, I do warn people, you got to know something about the Roswell case before you get into the book, because you, you definitely uh, are in the weeds. They're getting very detailed, which is uh, helpful. So where I stand with Roswell, I think that it's an interesting case. I actually was a uh, consulting producer for uh, CW's Mysteries Decoded on the Roswell episode. And 
you know, what I wanted to portray there is there's still ongoing investigation. There still are revelations that could um, come to light. So, for instance, the two things we covered were Frank Kimbler's medals, uh, but just the, the topic that there could be someone may run across some medals that truly prove anomalous. That's something that could happen. And then there would be something new to discover. Um, and then also the research into the Ramey memo, the me memo that General Ramey was holding. Uh, you know, as technology, phot photography technology gets more and more advanced, for instance, there was the, you know, the Roswell slides issue that happened and some people were able to use some uh, software that is able to de-blur and they could read, you know, some of the, the placards uh, so we could very quickly definitively figure out what that was all about. Uh, that sort of technology gets better and maybe one day we will be able to reveal the details of what's in that memo. So the point is that I, I don't think we have anything truly solid to say it was extraterrestrial or that uh, it was definitively something, um, I guess, extraterrestrial. Uh, we do have information certainly to show that there was a cover-up, uh, that the, the weather balloon material that Ramey uh, et al. were showing in that those press photos was not what was received in the desert. Even the Air Force has admitted that in their own material. I think that's something that people don't realize. Um, but that's about, I think, as far as we could go. What were they covering up? We can't say for sure. Ramey didn't ever tell anybody, as far as I know. Well, that's the thing that uh, I've always said. Everybody agrees there was an event. Mm -hmm. There was some something crashed. Skeptics, debunkers, true believers, people who don't know much about the subject all agree something fell. The question becomes, what was it? Mm -hmm. And uh, as Don and I were discussing, we've eliminated the terrestrial explanations as far as we know. There isn't a terrestrial explanation that covers the information. So where do you go from there? Is that enough to get you to the extraterrestrial? Is that mm. enough for you to move to the extraterrestrial? Or do you stay, still, still take a step back? It's not for me because I think it's important, uh, uh, you know, it's important in science and it's important in any investigation that you realize you don't know what you don't know. Um, there could be revelations that we never would have thought of or we just don't have information that points us in that direction. Um, and that typically happens. I think that uh, in science, we see this, but even in detective work, when you investigate detectives or, or in other investigations, often when you have a suite of possibilities and you're like, well, I don't think it's this and I don't think it's this, kind of doing the Sherlock Holmes, the one thing that the Sherlock Holmes doesn't take into account is you don't know what you don't know, because often you uh, the answer turns out to be something that you never could have thought of because you didn't have information to show that it was this. So, for instance... Um, we're clueless with dark matter, and dark matter is this term that's used for you know matter out there that we don't know what it is. But it could be multiple things. Scientists have you know a plethora of possibilities out there. Or let's take rogue planets. You know we never thought there could be planets that weren't attached to a solar system or a star, but we found it. It, it exists, and it was something we never, our science never would have thought was a possibility. So. Uh, I think we have to be open to, it might be something we just have no clue, no well, You're suggesting of. there may be a terrestrial explanation and some kind of a classified right. project, which is really weird after 70-some years, but some kind of classified project we just don't have uh, information about, and that might explain the debris. Yeah, I mean, exactly, something that we just don't know. I don't think we can, at least for me, there's not enough to jump to the extraterrestrial hypothesis. I mean, even if it was an advanced uh, vehicle, there is even the possibility of something from the future. Or how about uh, something from another dimension? Or, you know, I did a talk today about uh, other governments and one of the governments, uh, you know, Colonel Sanchez, Ariel Sanchez from Uruguay, he believes that uh, it could be advanced civilizations that are like here just we don't know maybe in the oceans or in the planet i mean uh i guess well there's a lot of possibilities yeah of what it could be and, yeah. and i think as you move down the list of those possibilities it becomes diminishingly possible i mean uh you know time travelers that's my favorite and i say that and people said oh kevin randall thinks they're uh, time travelers and the real answer is no i just think that's the, my favorite explanation because time <laughs> travelers so so much fun right but it, I think it's one of the least likely. Um, interdimensional might be uh, a better idea, but I don't think that 
reach to the level of the possibility of extraterrestrial. And when we start talking about advanced civilizations on this planet, I think that's diminishingly small because we would have discovered some sort of uh, hint about that with, with all the satellite imagery and all the research that's being done. But that's the thing with all of these possibilities. They're all practically impossible. I mean, they're all highly, highly unlikely. But I think, my personal opinion, the extraterrestrial is more likely than time travel or interdimensional. Or, but that's my personal opinion. Somebody else might have a, a, a different opinion on that. So you're, you kind of agree with me on this, that uh, yeah, Roswell is extremely interesting. There's some very good witness testimony about it very little documentation about it. We don't have any pieces of the debris. We don't have any good photographs. Mm -hmm. uh, but the extraterrestrial is the strongest strongest possibility for what happened at Roswell, but we don't really get there with what we have today. Yeah, I would agree. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that I would go so far as say that the extraterrestrial is the strongest possibility. I mean, I would say I, I like to follow the data, and I know people don't like to hear, I don't know, but sometimes you just don't know. And so the data has not led us there yet. And, and I think that, you know, some people will say, well, what about the, the anecdotal information about extraterrestrials? And I think, you know, one of the issues that people don't realize also is that these accounts, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, the accounts of ET bodies didn't come until the 80s until really Roswell was already a famous case and out there. Uh, mid to late 80s, I think it was when we, Glenn Dennis was the first, but uh, when we started hearing about that. Um, so, and there's still only a handful out of the, the large amount of witnesses out there, only a handful really talk about bodies or, or seeing these sort of things. Well, so, the, problem, the problem with uh, some of that is the, the people, the strongest witnesses for the bodies, for example, uh, all have blown up on us. They're right. not credible witnesses anymore. Right. I think of Glenn Dennis specifically, whom you mentioned. I don't believe his story is credible anymore. Right. And so we eliminate his story and the story of the missing nurse from, from the Roswell case. And that weakens it. And it also makes it uh, kind of um, problematic for us because here was a witness that we thought was telling the truth. And now we've discovered that he's not. And that kind of weakens everything else. I agree. I, and I, you know, your work on that, I agree with, uh, I, I think you, you're nailing it on the head. Well, I appreciate your nice comments about Roswell in the 21st century, but the idea was to pre prepare sort of a cold case look at the Roswell yeah. uh, event dispassionately and not let my own personal bias jump in there or get in the way. Uh, of, of and that. I think you did a, that's what I appreciate. I think you did a very good job of that. Uh, because I do know your perspectives, and I think that you did a very good job with your goal. Well, we're going to have to break away here because we have to break away here. Uh, there'll be more information, as I say, uh, at my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And since Alejandro brought it up, uh, take a look at Roswell in the 21st century. You get a dispassionate look at the case as it stands today, not cluttered with some of the information that we had in the past that uh, has been proven to be inaccurate. Uh, we will be back in just a moment and we'll continue to discuss the discussion about Roswell and we'll attempt to uh, move into some other arenas of the UFO phenomena. So please stick around. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, 
international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. I am here with Alejandro Rojas. We are talking UFOs in Roswell. And when we went away, we were kind of looking at the Roswell case and the fact that we don't have good documentation. We don't have physical evidence. We have witness testimony that may not lead us directly to the extraterrestrial. And I was going to say Edwin Easley, and I find him extremely credible. And I think I'm probably the only person who talked to him about about the UFOs and in, in the Roswell case, Edwin Easley being the provost marshal of the Roswell base in 1947. And in discussing it with him, I had asked him at one point, do you think we're following the right path? Meaning Don Schmidt and I, believing it was extraterrestrial at the time. And he said, well, let me put it this way. It's not the wrong path. So here you have a credible source, the guy who is in charge of the um, military police and security for the base in 1947 telling us essentially it's extraterrestrial. Do you find that persuasive evidence or is it just more testimony? Yeah, I think it is more testimony because what we don't have, and you know, (laughs) you've been one of the, 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 the pioneers to demonstrate that, you know, uh, you've got to be careful with information given uh, to you, even from some of the military people involved with this, that there are a lot of, even those people can interpret data on their own. Um, so I guess the question would be, how does he know this? What information has he gotten? Is he basing this off of books, you know, your books? Or is he basing this off of... Let me interrupt, because when I spoke to Edmund Easley about this, my books weren't out there. We hadn't, we hadn't uh, completed the that part of the investigation, we hadn't written the books. Uh, the only book out there was the uh, Roswell incident from 1980, and I don't think that got a wide circulation. I, I, I wonder if the guys who were in Roswell, if they'd seen the book, would have picked it up simply because it said Roswell, um, and that sort of thing. So I don't think he was contaminated in that way when I first spoke to him. I understand what you're saying, and much later, I think a lot of people confabulated their testimonies and drew in what they had heard from the media, what they'd read in books and seen in documentaries, and added it to their uh, descriptions of what happened. But mm-hmm. I think easily, I got to easily before any of that took place. So I think that makes him a much more credible witness. I would say this. I would say that uh, to me, there's too many times. It's important to know, even with people who would be in the know, why they believe what they believe, because sometimes you know uh, the reasons why are not as credible as you would hope. Um, but sometimes they are. But we just don't know until we have that information. Well, one of the things the skeptics say uh, when we say well, th- these witnesses are saying it was extraterrestrial, they say, well, how, how would they know? What yeah. frame of reference did they use to determine it was extraterrestrial? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And and I think that, uh, and but even then, yeah, I think that's really important. That could, of course, lead you to further investigation that hopefully uncovers something more substantial. I guess to me, even though I'm sounding skeptical about a lot of it, it's still an open case, though. Um, I think that there's still discoveries that can be made, and that's what I love about Roswell. We made lead us down that path, but um, I just, yeah, personally, it's interesting, but there's a lot more questions I think that would need to be answered. Well, let's let's veer off Roswell. Are there some UFO cases you find particularly persuasive? Some UFO cases you really like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the typical ones in some cases, like Rendlesham. 
uh, of course, I'd really like that. That was the the uh, Charles Hot uh, in, uh, investigation or or uh, observation of uh, the object in the woods near the Bentwaters Air Force Base in 1980, which involved uh, sightings on three different nights, and there really isn't a good explanation for those. I'm just saying that for the right. for the listeners who may not be yeah. familiar with the term Rendlesham. And what's great about that case is that you have so many corroborating witnesses of the event that occurred that night. Um, and you have that recording that was recorded that night. Colonel Halt went out there and brought recordings. So there's just so much of this information that that's what really makes that one, uh, I think, a special. But don't we have sort of a level of contamination there as well? Because we now see that uh, John Burroughs, I think Jim Pettiston, two of, the, two of the witnesses, two of the key witnesses of this case, have kind of expanded their stories. And, and it's not necessarily that they are confabulating or making things up, but their stories have grown a little bit, which maybe they're not, they feel better about sharing these memories with us that they will have held before. But does that bother you? Is that their stories sort of expand? It does bother me, to be honest, because the problem with this is I have, of course, talked to both of them quite a few times. I think they're very honest, uh, personally. Uh, however, like you said, the stories have actually even changed, I think, over the years. Uh, but that's the problem with memory. I, memory is extremely malleable. And one of the issues is that, especially with John, um, and even with the Peniston as well, is that they've gotten involved with the UFO community where they're hearing a lot of interpretations of what happened to them. Burroughs has undergone hypnotic regression to see right. if he can learn more. I don't know if Peniston has or not. But. And we know from studies that that affects your memory, that creates false memory, that changes your memory. And so I think that, you know, that's why it's important that you record what happened when it happened, because that's going to be the best record of, of what you perceived at the time. Um, and so, yeah, I think that 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 does is a problem. However, they're not the only two witnesses. In fact, uh, they're witnesses to a certain events, but not all the events and not Holt's events, uh, which was great that Holt recorded his event because then you have a recording, an audio recording of what happened. Well, we I interviewed Holt on this, pro, Holt on this program, and the thing that I had heard is uh, he wrote uh, a report about this or the recording actually went longer than the 18 minutes that we have. There's additional recording about there, and he kind of danced around that question and didn't really say yay or nay. But have you heard that, that there's a the, the recording that we know is uh, not the whole story? Yeah, in fact, I don't even remember the details right now, but he was even curious of how that recording got out. And he had some mystery surrounding how that recording got even out to the press. Uh, which was kind of a problem. So, um, I mean, it, that we have the recording, I think is really important. It's verified as accurate. Um, what else was in there? Uh, I don't think we have anybody who's come forward and said, oh, you know, the part they cut out was them saying, oh, I figured out what it was, boss, it was this, you know. So uh, I, I don't think what if there is additional audio uh, that it doesn't have, like, you know, a solution to the mystery. Well, I, I think if there's additional audio, it would probably suggest something even more mysterious. Yeah, as perhaps. It climbed up the hill because clearly Halt believes that it was something other than a, a terrestrial craft. And, right. And he was he was on the scene and talking about it that very day and mm -hmm. before anybody got involved in the investigations. Um, hypnotic regression, though, because you mentioned that. <clears throat> I, I, I know you're familiar that the problem with hypnotic regression is very easy to lead the subject in a direction and the mere forming of a question or the tone of the voice can suggest to the subject that they needed to redirect their memory somehow you found right. that as well definitely in fact i uh because i was so curious about this and i do have a bachelor's in, in psychology i went and got a certificate in hypnosis and i've performed uh quite a bit of hypnotic regression uh or not regression i've done some regression but i've done a lot of therapy therapeutic uh, hypnotherapy and what I discovered is very interesting that people are are extremely the mind is very manipulated. You can be very easily manipulated. In fact, we could go into a session right here where I'm very convinced that I could walk you through a scenario uh, that you're going to feel is real. But that will be, uh, you know, we use this in hypnotherapy. You create this imagery in the mind 
that helps uh, kind of loosen up uh, the emotions and what's going on in your honesty. And you, you help yourself through this kind of uh, fantasy that you walk through. And every time when someone comes out of regression, even though it's really just an advanced state of relaxation, people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my mind went there. Uh, men often have very emotional experiences because you're, you're, they're able to access kind of some emotions that we bottle up. Uh, and that's why it's so helpful for therapy. But yeah, the memory is extremely uh, easy to be manipulated. That's why so many people who have used it in this field have done it the absolutely wrong way. Well, I was going to bring that up, the abduction phenomena. I think an awful lot of that is hypnotically induced yeah. memories that don't really exist. And I don't think the operators, the people conducting the hypnotic regressions, understand completely what they do and how easy it is to lead someone in the direction you want to go. Bud Hopkins would talk about, uh, uh, well, he didn't lead anybody, but you go looking through the uh, transcripts of his sessions, you can see how he led him. And people saying, well, I don't remember anything more. Well, you can remember the more. There's more there. Just think of it as a movie. You're taking a step. Go a little bit deeper. You can come up with the... Well, Hopkins uh, talked about how they would make them fill out a questionnaire first. And this questionnaire was designed to determine whether they were truly abductees before they would even take them into regression. And this questionnaire was highly suggestible because it asked, you know, questions about, do you see aliens? Do you have dreams with aliens? This sort of thing, which is setting up an expectation for the client where they're going to go in there and they're going to meet your expectations subconsciously. Their mind is going to create these scenarios. Uh, so you've just completely spoiled the whole case there. And even the person going in to see someone because they specialize in this particular arena, you're already having issues there because it's it's just not pure data. It's, you know, already tainted the uh, where, where the person's going to go in their mind. So, yeah, regression, unfortunately, is I, I don't feel very reliable. I think it's it's something that can be useful if you have some supporting information. Maybe if you have some physical sort of information, or maybe it can be helpful uh, with uh, someone who's experienced something. Maybe Charles Halt, you might be able to find something with. So, well, we're going to have to break away here for the obvious reasons. Uh, as I say, the blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Alejandro, your website is? Is uh, openminds.tv. Okay, so you can take a look there. You can learn more about his investigations, where he's going, and that sort of thing. We will be back uh, with more on maybe alien inductions. Maybe we'll talk about what the president has to say about UFOs and that sort of thing in just a moment. So stick around. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hyde can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? 
What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Uh, I am here with uh, Alexandra Rojas. We were talking abductions. We got off on that tangent through hypnotic regression, I guess. And you had mentioned something, the key to memory in me, that uh, John Mack had said that he found it interesting that there was a matching between the abductee and the uh, researcher. In other words, Hopkins had the cold calculating aliens. Uh, Mack had aliens of sort of a Western philosophy. Uh, John, uh, not John, um, Jacobs, David Jacobs had these aliens that were building a hybrid army, I guess. Uh, and he found it interesting there was a matching between the experiencers, the abductees, and the person they went to. And he couldn't understand that. And I thought, could it possibly be that they arrive at any of the uh, researchers and that philosophy of the researcher is implanted, maybe not purposely, uh, unconsciously planted with the abductees. Uh, what do you what do you think? You know what? I think that that's really interesting because you do have that with researchers. Uh, for instance, you know, David Jacobs, who you mentioned, he has this very negative perception. Um, and but the reason he has that is because, you know, a lot of the people he has brought into regression again, he doesn't do it right. He's got these questionnaires and other things. I think he doesn't realize how much he's affecting uh, the witness before he takes him into regression. But then they, you know, tell him what he wants to hear. And there is this idea that that and in hypnotherapy, funny enough, it's helpful when people tell us what we want to hear, because it's it's they're then going to be more uh able to go into a state where they're going to be able to help themselves because that's what they're here for. Whereas when you're coming for an abduction thing, you're there to recount some kind of story. So I think there's definitely something to that, uh, that each researcher gets kind of a scenario that's similar to what they're talking about. I, I witnessed this. I sat in a lot of regressions with Dr. Leo Sprinkle. Uh, this was a strange thing to me when I... Well, let me just Dr. Leo Sprinkle was a UFO researcher, uh, University of, of Wyoming. Cheyenne, yeah, in Wyoming. In University Laramie, of Wyoming and Cheyenne. Yeah. No, it's in Laramie. Yeah. In Laramie. But um, oh, you're right. <laughs> he, uh, he's done an awful lot of hypnotic regression. He was involved somewhat with the uh, Condon Committee investigation in the late 1960s and did the Shermer investigation for them. Uh, Shermer being a police officer nationally in Nebraska who had missing time and eventually came out that he was abducted. Um, so that's Leo Sprinko's biography for you. So you were, you were saying you'd done a lot of... Well, what was interesting I found about it is that he was very calming. He was very therapeutic. And really his goal is for people to feel comfortable. They've got a sort of trauma attached to this perceived experience. And his goal is to make them feel better. And in that goal, he also then had a very positive perspective, which was kind of weird because what these people were sharing were often pretty horrific things. And he was bringing them to a place where they didn't feel terrified about what they had uh, felt they had experienced, which was helpful. But uh, if you just took at face value what they're sharing, which is typically being snatched from somewhere and medical you know, procedures being performed on them, that's pretty terrifying. I mean, that's that's uh, it's, you know, eventually I feel, oh, I'm trying I'm helping the universe or I'm helping somehow. And so they would feel better and they'd be able to move on with their lives. So I thought that was kind of that was interesting that, you know, kind of to your point where he they went to the place where he was leading them, which was feeling comfortable and feeling like this is a positive, uh, productive experience that they were having as opposed to feeling terrified, which some of them did. Um, the thing that I feel in the end is that it's a really, it's a very important thing to study. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who feel they're having extraterrestrial experiences. Are they really? I don't know. From a therapist perspective, you know, we need to develop procedures to make sure these people feel okay, that they, they don't uh, live with terror, um, whatever the source of this terror is. But on the, the researcher side, which there are two sides to psychology, 
you know, uh, the researcher side, we need to understand why this is happening. But can you be a good researcher and a good therapist at the same time? Or don't, aren't they sort of mutually exclusive? Or don't you have to, because if you want to do therapy, you're going to have to do things that is going to change the uh, mindset of the person. And that would uh, inhibit proper research. In this arena, I think probably not that they, they do have to be separate. And that is a, a debate that goes on, especially in the social sciences is, you know, are you trying to study them or are trying to give administer therapy? And they are different. Sometimes you can do both, but often you can't. You are tainting your data like Dr. Sprinkle, you know, he was bringing them somewhere uh, without trying to examine the mechanisms behind why they were there in the first place. So uh, I think you're right. It does have to be separate. It has to be a, a larger effort that has to be taken on by the psychological community or a university. Some studies have to be done. And I think that that's worthwhile and should be done because I think that we can then begin to unwrap what's really going on here. And I don't know what's going on. Well, we had Richard Boland, Boland who was a abduction researcher for a period of time. And he had a couple of people come to him who believed they had been satanically ritually abused, which was a big thing in the late 80s. And he convinced them that no, it wasn't satanic ritual abuse, it was alien abduction. So he's implanting his own uh, belief structure on his clients. And that sort of negates his research. But it also points out how you can take someone who has one belief structure and manipulate it into what you want, want to hear. Yeah, and, you know, not to disparage Dr. Boylan, because I think he was coming, his heart was in the right place, I believe. I, I had talked with him, especially early on, uh, and I think he was really trying to help people. But he lost his license in California because he wasn't adhering to proper practices, and he was going over the line as far as uh, relationships with uh, clients. And, and I think that that points to this issue as well. It was kind of crossing the, the ethical boundaries that are set for people using this sort of work. And uh, those boundaries are there for a reason. And I think they're important to uphold. And, uh, and so I guess just demonstrating that he was willing to, to go past that. For instance, you shouldn't be telling someone, I, I feel this is what you're experiencing. Uh, I think you should let the information go where it does. And for, for me, I always tell people, even if they want a regression, I can't verify these experiences are real, that there's something that are generated from your subconscious. Um, and so I, I can't say that, you know, I wouldn't advise that you take this information to heart uh, and base kind of a, a lot of your self-perception or, or feelings and emotions off of it, but just kind of take it for what it is. In fact, I, I'm usually very hesitant to do any regression type of stuff. Uh, the only time I've done it is just to to try it and someone who wanted to do it, is, but I gave them those caveats. Well, interestingly, I did a book called Conversations, which started out with a woman who believed she'd been abducted by aliens. And I went into the um, investigation, not really believing in alien abduction, I still don't, but she led us into a past life regression, which was very interesting. And we were very careful in the way the questions were asked. So we didn't suggest the answer to her in the, in the course of the question and that sort of thing. But it also shows that, you know, if I had been wanting another abductee, I could have directed that information in that way because that's what she had believed originally. And mm -hmm. in the course of just discussing it under hypnotic regression, I didn't give the re regression. Uh, I had a partner who did that. Uh, we learned that she believed it, she came out with a past life. I'm not sure whether that was right either. Some of the interest, the information was extremely interesting. It's and always interesting. That's the thing. And I can see how it would be compelling. Because what people come up with, what we come up with in our subconscious are these scenarios that feel very real and, and you know, they're detailed and there's there's nuances that feel real. Um, but in many cases, uh, the majority of like, when, like I've done, for instance, are, are uh, eliciting things that aren't real, um, but they just feel real. Um, and I think that's what helps with the therapy. Well, part. she went off in strange directions and she started talking about Jack the Ripper. Wow. And... Uh, I was attempting to verify the information she was given us. This was pre-internet days, so the information isn't widely available as it was, and she was coming up with some ex really? very obscure references, and I'm thinking she either's done some wonderful research in the libraries, or she's uh, been able to uh, confabulate these, these marvelous things that we were able to 
sort of confirmed. And that's the kind of thing with the past life regressions. I've, I've found that it's sometimes interesting that the subject comes up with things that are that you can confirm, but it doesn't really prove the past life. It, right. And I think that and I'm open to that possibility. Really, I think that the, the remote viewing settings, for instance, which was kind of a psychic spying uh, that went on uh, where we found out the Russians were doing this. So they developed this method of trying to see things, you know, at a distance and a sort of psychic ability. There seems to be some merit to that. It could be these things are really looking into to information that's valid. I don't know. I think we still need a lot of work to try to figure that out. Well, you just suggested an alternative explanation that she wasn't involved in a past life, but she was having some kind of a psychic vision that, that allowed her to tap into some of this Maybe, yeah. It's kind of an interesting idea, and I hadn't thought of it uh, until you just mentioned it. Um, I think we need to get away from... <laughs> abductions and hypnosis because the president has been talking about ufos in the last few days and uh, we've had the uh, program on the history channel that deals with navy sightings of of possible ufos and that sort of thing so when we come back uh, we'll we'll spend some time talking about what the president had just said recently in his interview with um i want to say forrest tucker but uh, tucker carlson <laughs> Uh, about that, what he may have learned or what he said um, is his opinion of, of UFOs. Uh, once again, my blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and Alejandro's is... Actually, a good place is alejandrotrojas.com. That's my blog where I post everything so you can see my space stuff and everything there. Okay, take a look at that. Um, I will be doing additional interviews here in Roswell and we'll get those up as soon as we can so you can hear what other people in the uh, area have to say. And as I say, when we come back, we're going to kind of explore what uh, President Trump has said about UFOs, given the uh, program on the History Channel and some of the stuff that's come out in the last uh, few days. So please uh, stick around. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzulli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years 
records because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. I am here with Alexandra Rojas in beautiful downtown Roswell. We're talking, well, we've been talking hypnosis and past life regressions and all kinds of weird stuff. How which did I, we get there? I have no idea, <laughs> but it is a different perspective and we've offered a different perspective. So there you go. Sure. When we went away, and I wanted to get to this because uh, President Trump has talked about UFOs a couple times in the last couple of weeks and uh, he said some things. I was unable to see his report uh, with Tucker Carlson just the other night. Uh, I know you happened to see that. Uh, fill us in on exactly what your reaction was to what the president said about UFOs. I thought what was interesting is he pretty much said the same thing as he said just a few days ago, that uh, he has been briefed, uh, that he doesn't believe in the UFO phenomena, but he's kind of leaving it up to the Navy pilots and the others. He said he didn't want to get into his briefing uh, to Tucker Carlson. Um, you know, previously he has said it was a short meeting, so uh, Carlson kind of pushed him on this idea that UFOs have crashed or that there's material. I think Tucker got uh, kind of framed it a little off in that uh, what he's referring to is he talked to Luis Elizondo, who ran the Pentagon Project, the ATIP program, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And uh, he had pushed Elizondo, do you believe that there's, you know, UFO material, that the, the government has UFO material? And Elizondo said, well, I can't really say. He said, but do you believe that? And uh, he was pushing him. And Elizondo said, I will, I will say it's my opinion that, yes, there is, this material exists. Well, that's a really vague complicated, nearly useless answer. I agree. I so agree with you. And people are making a big deal out of it. And he, apparently even Tucker Carlson, because he said, well, I was told that the government has this material. And the president said, I don't know anything about that. Nobody told me anything about that. I would be very skeptical. So I think that... Well, let me interrupt uh -huh. here because, because we've had the same thing from Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was very interested in UFOs yes. and he was going to talk about it. And when he was asked specifically about the Roswell case, he said, I know nothing about that. I wasn't briefed on it. I'm thinking if I'm the president, I can get briefed on anything I want. So the question then becomes, did they ever ask the questions uh, or, or was the information never volunteered to them? Clinton said that he did ask, uh, but that he was told there was there was nothing to it. Um, that's about all he said. However, what's interesting about Clinton is he typically adds a caveat. And in fact, one time he added this caveat, and this is how he put it. I wouldn't be the first president that career bureaucrats have lied to. Um, so it sounds like he was still open to that there could be information that not is not being shared with well, him. Well, that's, that's an interesting point, though. I'm not the first president that career bureaucrats lied to, because you, you think about it, the president is there at best eight years, mm -hmm. um, maybe just four. Right. And so the career bureaucrats know that if I can't get along with this guy or there's something I don't want this guy to know, all I have to do is wait patiently and he's going to be gone. And I say he for those out there because they've all been male to this point, uh, not suggesting there shouldn't be a female president. But the, but the real point simply is um, they realize they just need to be patient. The other issue is, you know, this information is so siloed. There are, I mean, there are so many different agencies. There's every branch of the service holds on to their own information. They don't share a lot of information, especially about their cutting edge stuff with each other. And we hear this, you know, from very many insiders. So it could be even, let's say Roswell is really a, an ET crash spaceship. It could be forgotten to history. I mean, that those records could have been destroyed. Maybe it was farmed out, like Corso says, to um, uh, you know third-party uh, contractors, and maybe they still have some of the information. But that information could be lost to government records, so no one in the government will know about it. Or I mean, it could be it's so compartmentalized that, that you, asked, you asked the wrong guy the question. Yeah. He's going to say, I know nothing about that, even though in the next room the guy knows everything about it. So I believe Clinton. I believe Trump. I don't believe that, you know, they probably didn't tell him that. They probably just gave him the heads up. These Navy guys are out there. The Navy has said this here and 
that simply is what they briefed they didn't, on. They didn't add anything to it. Right. They went directly to what the information was that was circulating, and he didn't say, oh, by the way, there was this crash in Roswell back right. in 1947 exactly. where we picked one up and we're uh -huh. still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Now, uh, what's interesting about Elizondo's statement, which honestly, I, I, I talked to him quite a bit, and I do think he's an honest person. I, I like him. Uh, everything I've questioned him on or, or even things that were uh, contradicted by the DOD, he's turned out to be right. Um, so I think that that adds to his credibility highly. Um, I asked him, you know, now, is that just your opinion that there's this crash program or, or is that something that, that's just your opinion, right? That's not something you could prove. He said, no, I'm not saying that. So he feels if pushed to it, apparently, that he could prove there is a crash retrieval program. Again, I don't know where that information comes from but, or but the couldn't, details. Couldn't that be like Moondust, which the, the program yes. was, uh, I think the, the directive was to uh, recover returning space debris of four, uh, foreign origin or unknown origin, foreign, foreign manufacturer unknown origin, which means there's a UFO component to it. Right. So you can say that there's a crash retrieval program out there, but it really refers mostly to terrestrially based objects returning to Earth. Right. Right. I think you're exactly right. So we don't have enough information there to really run with it. I think people, again, are out of Elizondo's statements. They're kind of making too big of a deal. Again, we need, you know, supporting information. So hopefully that will be forthcoming. But what's really shocking about all of this is that I think that the television show Unidentified, early on when the Navy first said that they're going to change their reporting rules and have some reporting rules for UFOs, of which they have not shared. They refused to share the details of those rules. They uh, tommed along, and uh, then Chris Mellon came out saying that we had everything to do with that. And watching Unidentified, you can see that they did um, have a lot to do with that. Not only that, uh, now you have Tucker Carlson trying to challenge the president, you know, with information he got from Elizondo. So I think what's shocking and important here is just to see how effective the To the Stars group has been. Um, and it's not just Elizondo, and he's talked about our goal is to grease the wheels. We know who the guys are. We need to convince them to release information and to take this all seriously. And they're obviously gaining ground. Elizondo's gaining more ground now that he's come out publicly in the way that he has than he did when he was an insider. So now that we have these really connected people, you know, they're, they're kind of advocates for getting more information out and we're seeing more information come out. It's gone all the way to the White House where the president's got to well, talk yeah, about they got, it. Yeah, they got it all the way to the White House. I, I do want to mention, as you and I discussed uh, yesterday, that there is some worry about Elizondo's credentials and they don't seem to be presenting them on the program. Now, you have some better information about those credentials from your own personal research? Yeah, I will say that uh, that material, I mean, the material exists. That Remember, this is a guy who did counterterrorism. He was on the ISIS kill list. I mean, he. Uh, some people may remember the first couple of events he even did on UFOs. He was wearing a, a, a jacket, a bulletproof jacket, because, uh, and I've talked with his family, they're very fearful and uh, of the work that he's done and repercussions from that. Um, but, but we're not worried about people in the UFO community assassinating Not people him. in the UFO community. It's the terrorist activities. Exactly, exactly. So there is a lot of top secret stuff he's worked on, stuff that legitimately was classified and should remain classified. Um, so there are sometimes those issues with you know parts of his background. But otherwise, he's provided a lot of material to people to demonstrate uh, he is who he is and he, who he says he is. And there have been a lot of people to come out. And I think this is what people are missing, that even though the press office has had a lot of weird statements, 99% of that, well, I would say, I should say more like six out of the seven statements they've made have been proven to be wrong. Uh, but the other part is that we have a number of verifications inside. We have Chris Mellon, who's a very important, credible person who can substantiate his background. We have Harry Reid. We have the Bigelow contractors. I mean, uh, we have a lot of people who have vetted his information and uh, to substantiate he is who he says he is. Well, there's one point we need to make. Regardless of his credentials, even if, if, he, even if he's a complete and total liar about all of that stuff, it is irrelevant when you're looking at the Navy information and the Tic Tac videos and that sort of thing. Right. We have to separate those two things from yeah. one another. So the Navy stuff can remain extremely credible. And you have the pilots uh, who were involved in uh, the intercepts and that sort of thing. Right, exactly. We've got the pilots. We've got it, even though 
this is one of the things that DOD uh, denied having any connection to the vid FLIR videos that the F-18 pilots retrieved. Uh, later, they had to recant that because Elizondo's always said no. You know, DOD released it. I've seen that form. Now we've all seen this DD-1910 where they released it. Uh, those videos belong to the Navy. Uh, the Navy had to approve the, the videos being released, and they did. Uh, the Navy also had to approve. They have to approve if active Navy personnel, you know this, are on, yes. appearing on a television show. And they did approve this for unidentified. So the Navy, interestingly, has been very cooperative. Well, and as I say, the, the important point is it, it doesn't matter what the credentials of Alessandro are when we get to the Navy uh, activities. And, and I was bothered by the female fighter pilot who was blacked out and her, uh, so oh, we yeah. couldn't tell who it was. But uh, you tell me she's no longer in the Navy. Quickly, she's no longer in the Navy and she has some kind of teaching assignment that she was worried about that career yeah, path? Yeah, I will say that her career involves uh, where it would damage her uh, credibility if this came out. So it's mo mainly related to her career that she doesn't want this to be a big deal. And the way that people have drugged everyone else involved with this through the mud, uh, you can understand, I think, why someone would want to remain well, We've anonymous. seen that repeatedly in the UFO phenomena. Yeah. You come out with a story like this and your career is... Believe it or not, I've heard negative things said about you. Oh, I, I can't believe that at all. <laughs> uh, nobody's saying anything negative about me. Well, we're out of time. And I have enjoyed the conversation completely. I think we've got, we went off on a couple of tangents I really didn't want to follow, but uh, <laughs> that was okay because I think that was interesting as well. Um, the, my website, my blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. The book that Alexandro likes seems to be uh, Roswell in the 21st Century. And his website, once again from him, is AlejandroTRojas.com. Well, thank you very much, and I will be back uh, shortly with another episode from here in Roswell, New Mexico. So uh, be looking out for it. Thank you for listening. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. 
No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.